With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? You know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? All right, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. Judd, Phil, Declan, and our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can also find him on the Scoop Podcast. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. The trade deadline has passed. The Timberwolves have said, we're good. We're good, at least till the summer. We're, uh, the Ben Simmons thing is done and over with. He's going... To the Nets, we can talk about that. But uh, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, Doogie. We're here to recap a quiet trade deadline for the Timberwolves. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, Phil. Judd, Declan, Phil, do not rule out the buyout market. I fully expect the Wolves to be engaged (laughs) on the buyout market. One name that all of a sudden is now out there is Enos Cantor, now known as Enos Freedom, the former Celtics big man bought out by the Houston Rockets. So that would be one name. The Wolves are still on the lookout for interior help, rebounding help. They remain the shortest roster in the league. So they are still on the lookout. The way it works with the luxury tax, not to get too much into the minutia of things, but they can sign a guy for the rest of the season and remain below the tax. Because remember, Glenn Taylor has no plans to pay the luxury tax. And what that means is, Sometime in the summer, he will get a check for something in the neighborhood of $12 million, the luxury tax pie that a bunch of teams will be able to take money from is going to be enormous, bigger than it ever has been. So the Wolves will get a bunch of that money. So the Wolves are not paying the luxury tax, but they can add a guy like Freedom or somebody else and still remain below the tax. Do we think that the Wolves came even close to completing a deal before today's 2 p.m. deadline, Doogie? Well, and, in fact, I just got a text from somebody uh, on see. Marcus oh, Smart. Hit, hit it. No, no, no. I mean, we know that the Wolves you had know. interest in Marcus Smart. Beasley sure. into first was never, ever going to get Marcus Smart. It would have taken, sure. you know, more. I mean, I think it would have taken, personally, Jaden McDaniels, a future first, and Beasley. The Wolves were not doing that, but... They had discussions yeah. with the Celtics. If the Wolves wanted to, Beasley could be a Celtic right now. Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford could be Wolves. 
I know that they had discussions with Washington. I brought up the name Montrezl Harrell on Tuesday. We saw how active uh, Washington was today. Montrezl Harrell ultimately going to Charlotte. I had one Western Conference front office executive text me early afternoon saying he had heard that the Wolves were making progress on a Harrell trade. Now, you look at what Charlotte gave up, it was peanuts. Now, we could argue whether Harrell would have helped from a toughness standpoint, yes. Playoff experience standpoint, yes. Being one of Bev's guys, Patrick Beverly, yes. Rebounding, not really. Defense, he's average or below average. He's not a rock bottom defender, but he's not a good defender. So, and he's what, six foot seven, long arms, but like there's not height there with Montrezl Harrell. But I do know the Wolves engaged Washington in a number of discussions on Harrell. Okay. Um, do you think. This was the right – was standing Pat right when there, there are some teams around them that have made moves? The Clippers are going to get better. I mean, at this point, their sights have to be set on passing a Denver, passing a Dallas, right? Like, you're, 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 we're going down the stretch here, and you have a chance to avoid the play-in. I see why they did it, though, Dukes. I mean, I, kinda, I, I, don't, I don't fault them for this. Would I have liked to see a, a Josh Richardson or just like a little move here or there? Yes, but this team's been playing well. They have one of the best records in the NBA since – the beginning of January, and I'm okay letting this ride, see how far you can go, and then reassess things in the offseason. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from there, Phil. I would have tried to do something. Clearly, Sachin Gupta tried to do something. Let me see what they end up doing with the buyout market. Now, a lot of these guys will have multiple options, so no guarantees that a guy chooses Minnesota, but he may look at you know the situation here and say, you know what, there's a pathway to playing time, not like I need to go to a coast like Los Angeles or wherever just to be in a glamorous city for a couple months. I want to play. I want to play in the playoffs. So there could be a logical pathway to playing time here. So let me see. Like, let's circle back on this March 10th, March 3rd, March 4th, something like that. Let's see if the Wolves can add somebody on the buyout market. But I probably would have done something like Jake Lehman expiring contract. They have three second round picks this June. Like, I do think there was a deal to be made out there. Now, some guys like Robin Lopez didn't get traded. Like, I thought you could pluck Robin Lopez out of Orlando. You know, there were maybe some other guys that, that they could have, you know, made an offer on that, that, you know, ultimately didn't get moved. But I would have done something, Phil, like the schedule is somewhat favorable, but like they need to find a way to get that six seed. I'm telling you, the yeah. play-in tournament scares the bleep out of me. It really does. Now, not every Wolves fan may agree with me, but... Remember, the stated goal going back to the Kumbaya trip, the Miami trip in early September, was we are a playoff team. Making the play-in tournament is not a playoff team. You need to advance past the play-in tournament to be a playoff team. What if they end up seven seed? You open up against the L.A. Clippers, the eight seed. The Clippers have Paul George back then. Now they have Norman Powell, Robert Covington. That's a toss-up game, right? A target center, but that's a toss-up game. Seven seed Wolves, eight seed Clippers. Entirely possible the Clippers win that game. So then the Clippers are the seventh seed. So then the Wolves play the winner of the 9-10 game. Looks like Lakers get one of those two spots. The other one, I don't know, is it Sacramento? Is it New Orleans? Is it maybe even Portland? Still probably not Portland at this point, the way they blew things up. Probably Sacramento or New Orleans, but okay, LeBron, AD. I'm presuming some health there, right? I mean, and the Lakers are a train wreck right now, but... LeBron and AD find a way to win that 9-10 game. So then it's Lakers at Wolves. Playoff spot on the line. Winner to the playoffs. Loser goes home. 
I can bet you uh, the officials would favor the Lakers that particular night. You don't think the NBA would love to have Lakers, Warriors, or Lakers Suns in the first round? I'm just saying, like, that to me is not a real favorable situation. The Wolves having to go through the Clippers and the Lakers to make the playoffs. So they got to find a way to get that six seed. It's possible. Like, very possible. They can catch Denver. They absolutely can catch Denver. I think they have an easier schedule the rest of the way than Denver. So catch Denver. You know, avoid the playing tournament. But I'm just saying I would have looked to add something, Phil, to help the issues they have defensively, rebounding, lack of size. But I'm telling you, let me see what they do the next couple weeks on the buyout market. Hey, Dukes, um, Ant's knee. Now, he, he I, I think, talked extensively post game last night about the fact that that has been uh, a problem for him in, in recent weeks. I think his, his quote or comment was it, it actually felt good in the loss to the Kings last night, but before that was a detriment. What do we know about that, and and what's the concern there, the, the fact that I applaud him for trying to play through it, but in a league where guys often don't play through things, he clearly was trying to get through um, an injury that we didn't probably know the severity until after the game. Judd, we don't know a lot about many injury situations. Like 55 games in, a lot of guys are playing banged up. I mean, I have no doubt Ant's knee isn't 100%, but like, you know, midway through the first quarter, I thought it was a brilliant play. Ant goes baseline, a give-and-go with Cat. He explodes for a dunk. Like, his knee was okay for that dunk. We've seen some other explosive plays by Ant where the knee looks fine. I mean, is it some convenience the way he's been playing of late? One of those Detroit games, the first Sacramento game. You know, like, if the knee's 75 or 80%, he's 20 years old. I mean, at one point playing AAU, he played you know, six games over the course of two days. Like, his body can handle it, but I'm just saying, this far into the season, well past the halfway point of a grind, like, a lot of guys are banged up. I think it looks bad for D'Lo when, you know, Ant is saying that that he's playing through some stuff, then D'Lo, you know, misses four or five games with what seemingly is a pretty innocuous injury that, you know, maybe he could have played through. Right, And uh, maybe if the games had more significance, D'Lo would have played through. But D'Lo went on the record saying, I wanted to make sure I was 100%. Well, at this point, maybe D'Lo needs to play when he's 80 or 85%. But I wouldn't read too much into it, Judges, from the standpoint of I know a lot of guys are are dealing with stuff. And, I mean, these guys are, are machines. They just, uh, so many of them just fight through stuff. You know, if, if yeah. there's a ligament, you know, torn or something like that, that's a different story. But aches and pains and... You know, some bruises, you know, a sprain here or there. A lot of guys overcome stuff. Dukes, we know just going back the last six months or so, based on your reporting and other reporters around the NBA, that the Timberwolves were one of the most aggressive teams in the Ben Simmons discussions. And in the end, I mean, I don't know. I think people were mocking the notion a month ago that Daryl Morey could wind up getting James Harden in season to pair with Joel Embiid. But here we are. Uh, It involved other pieces as well, but basically – it's a it's a Ben Simmons for James Harden swap. There were, you know, some long shot discussions with Portland throughout the last several months about Damian Lillard. I mean, it, it always seemed like Daryl Morey was going big star hunting, right? If I'm gonna trade Ben Simmons, even if I have to make it weird and wait five months, I'm gonna get a Lillard, I'm gonna get a Harden. Um, you know, I don't you, know, you you've told us he never really put D'Lo on that level, but I think the Wolves got to a point where it's like, wow, D'Lo is the straw that stirs this drink. We're not gonna trade him. 
So I guess my question is, when did the Wolves-Ben Simmons thing really officially die behind the scenes? Were they really at all involved at the end here? Or or had they had they backed out, you know, several weeks in advance of the trade deadline? Yeah, I don't know what the specific day was. I mean, I had the note a few weeks ago that the Wolves had a upper level scout watching Philadelphia. So that was in preparation in the event, you know, something changed. But like I think if you spoke with Gupta on background or some other people over there, they probably would have told you many, many weeks ago. They came to the realization there just wasn't a workable match. That they always had to come up with a third team. That complicates things. Now, credit to Maury. Well, I'll tell you what, Phil. I like this deal better for Brooklyn, not Philadelphia. I just wonder about Harden and Bede, how those two fit. You know, Harden now a second time demanding his way out of a franchise. I like what Brooklyn did. Like a new starting lineup of Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, yeah, They've got well, Ben Irv- Simmons. Irving, They've got Irving for some KD games, yeah. and Andre Drummond. Like when KD's healthy, like I'll take that starting five. I really yeah. will with with now, some guys it, that are capable it, it, here's, off the bench. Here's the hilarious part. All right, and I listen. I am as a guy who's dealt with depression in my life. Like I am not one to make light of at all of mental illness or depression or anything. But you know this cat and mouse game between Ben Simmons and the Sixers, and which you know. Oh, all of a sudden, like, oh, it's a mental health issue, and I'm gonna now. I need to go consult a doctor or whatever, and and so his agent had to come out today, Rich Paul, right? It is and Rich Paul, say, yeah. And say, you know, my client, even though he's headed to Brooklyn, will still be, you know, evaluated for his mental health progress. Like, he's gonna graduate from those sessions so fast now that he's been traded from Philadelphia. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, but now, to, like, that's part of, I guess, the comeback is that's part of, you know, the mental health anguish he was dealing with, right, was this idea that he can't escape Philadelphia. Now he has escaped Philadelphia. By the way, I think the date is March 10th. It's early March. Brooklyn at Philadelphia. That will be a fun one. Mm. I mean, I would imagine Ben Simmons plays by then, right? Yeah. Like, if he needs to be evaluated, whatever. But, like, he's been working out pretty regularly, both at the Sixers facility at St. Joe's university in Philadelphia, some other gyms in New Jersey, in Philadelphia. So seemingly he's close to game ready. Like I would hope by early March, he's playing games for the Nets, if not sooner. Dukes on on your buyout point, how quickly um, will we see guys start to sign, get scooped up? Well, I mean, there's already buzz, you know, Goran Dragic bought out by the Spurs will land with Dallas. I can tell you, Etwan Moore. Now, he might be dealing with an injury, but Orlando waved him. I'm already hearing buzz. The Celtics have a bunch of interest in Etwan Moore. Okay. Right? So that stuff's happening behind the scenes. I'm waiting to hear on, on Enos Freno, uh, you know, if the Wolves, you know, have some interest. But uh, that dialogue's been happening. Like, I checked on this possibility. Would Jake Lehman seek a buyout? That he feels like, you know what? At least I can go play eight minutes somewhere. The Wolves don't want to use me. I was told... His camp will explore the possibility of a buyout if there's already a team in place that he'll land at, right? So Jake Lamb is not just taking a buyout, then hitting the market, then just wondering if the phone will ring. If Jake Lehman hits the market, you know there's already a team lined up. All right. So like with Enos Freedom, with Houston buying him out, there's probably a team lined up. I don't know if that's Minnesota yet or not. But yeah, just it's the way things work. Yeah. Yeah. So, well... What's 
So what's what's next here? Like I'm going to fast forward here. Let's see. Uh, hopefully they make the playoffs and, and and make a run here. But at some point they're going to have to look at what they've done so far, the Timberwolves, and figure out what's the next step. You know, I know like right now I think we should all just be happy that they're in the mix and they might make the playoffs. And we haven't had much of this in the last 17 years. But you know, there's also going to be some expectations to you got a nice little nucleus here. What's the add-on? You know what? What? What do you think? I mean, do you, are they looking to keep at this point D'Lo, Ant, and Cat together? And uh, are there any other pieces that you think they would be almost certain to move this off season? What do you think is the next step once we get to that off season point, dude? I would say it's fluid with Russell, but for right now, I would say yeah, he's part of that core. I think they would have to land a superstar. This is the way it was explained to me a couple weeks ago on Jaden McDaniels for them to move McDaniels. Mm-hmm. The end result would have to be you know, cusp superstar, certainly a star coming back to the Wolves. So I think Sachin Gupta, creator of the trade machine, right? He's going to continue to, to work angles. By the way, this is Hip, me. What a hypocrite. This is me presuming that Gupta is going to remain in place. And if you're the Wolves, like, how do you evaluate Gupta? <laughs> That's what I right? I mean, outside of sending <laughs> Greg Monroe, some other guys to 10-day deals with the COVID <laughs> issues, like, they're really, there's not a whole lot to evaluate him on, right? But... I still think the Wolves can save some money as long as Glenn Taylor's the owner, the majority owner. Like, I don't think he's ready to pay Elton Brand $5 million a year to come run the front office. Why? So, like, if, if I still Brand think Gupta's got a good chance choice. to remain in place. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not anti-Gupta. I'm not even pro-Gupta. We have, I don't know. Trade but but if, if, if you feel like Elton Brand can come in here and be, you know, a top basketball executive, then why would, okay, $5 million, Three million, like to me, who cares? Well, and I think Mark and Alex franchises. Yeah. I think Mark and Alex, Lori and Rodriguez, subscribe to your line of thinking, Phil. I'm just telling you, though, my sense. Maybe I'll be proven wrong on this. Heck, I told you guys last Thursday, 85 percent chance the Wolves would make a trade. So, so much for me being on the right side of that. The 15 percent clearly came to fruition. But I'm just telling you, like, I sense as long as Glenn is the majority owner. Like I just, I would be surprised if if they're paying somebody. And like to me, if if you're bringing in Elton Brand, he's not coming here for two million dollars a year. Like that number would be in the neighborhood of five million dollars a year. So I just think there's an opportunity to save some money. Gupta's ready. Like we need to see some action at some point, but he's ready. I mean, Sacramento had all sorts of interest in hiring him a couple years ago. Houston wanted him last summer to be the number two under Raphael Stone. Like he's ready for this opportunity. So. You can certainly hand him the keys full time. I mean, he's got those keys now. He had leeway to to do what he wanted to do the last few weeks. But I'm just saying, like I I do I feel I, I expect him to, to be the guy. Until I hear otherwise, I think he'll be the guy. So if he's the guy, like I think Pat Beverly ends up signing an extension. So I think Bev is here, you know, beyond the year. They're not gonna have, you know, much cap space. There might be a way to sign a guy for the mid level, but it's not a great free agent market anyway. But they have their first round pick. At this point, it looks like that pick will be in the you know 14 to 17 range. That pick should have pretty good value. Three second round picks. Like They'll be able to do some stuff. I think they'll be able to do some stuff. I do. Uh, I'm trying to think what expiring contracts they would have after this year. I'd have to look. Maybe somebody can look that up. Expiring contracts they have after next season. But I think Bev is here. Like I'm telling you, I've, I've foreseen a, a contract extension you know, going back many, many weeks, just because I know both sides have mutual interest in that, even though the Bev side hasn't gotten what it has hoped for so far. 
But I think Beverly is here beyond this year. But I, I think Gupta is going to explore the trade market this summer for sure. That this roster is is still incomplete. You're right, Phil. We'll take the play-in tournament if it's just that. We'll happily take a best-of-seven first-round playoff series. But, you know, the end goal is, is certainly more than that. And for them to achieve that end goal, the roster still needs, I think, a good amount of work. So real quick here, so the the expirings for this after this year are Torian Prince, mm-hmm. who by the way, he's kind of coming around now. Is well, yeah. So like a month ago, Phil, threes. I would have told you, yeah, you trade Torian Prince. But at this yeah. point, if they had traded him, were you going to bring in a player that would have helped you more than him? Like at this point, I would tell you no. Like the right move was to keep Prince, not trade him today. Yeah, Pat Bev expiring, but I'd like him back. Uh, a Kogi Lehman. So after next year. The expiring, you know, there's some team options two years from now. Like Malik Beasley, if you don't exercise the team option, is expiring after next year. Well, that certainly would be a contract I'd look at. I mean, there was enough dialogue this time around. That's certainly one I would look at this summer. Yeah, and the only other one is D'Lo. And, and again, that's that's an expiring, but is it ever going to get to that point with him? I, I don't know. Here's the question for you. Landry Bomaro. How cl- we've seen a little little snippets of him this year. How close is he to being ready for for maybe you know fifteen twenty minutes rotation time next season? From what you hear, I think next season might be semi realistic in that regard. I mean, the little he has played in the G League, he's completely dominated. So like the G League is a little bit of a waste of time. Although I might send him back there just to get some run because he's yeah. not going to get run up here. I mean, I get it. There's some benefit to to practice, but. It's not like the Wolves practice a ton anyway, so I'd probably send him back to Iowa just to get some real playing time. But he dominates the G League, so I, I don't think after being here for a full year, acclimating himself to just living in the United States, all that that entails, like I don't think it's nuts that, that you know, to think that he can be a rotation guy, you know, sometime next year. Summer League will be big for him, you know, development this summer. But, uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely realistic. Or... He is also a trade chip. I mean, I don't think, yeah. you know, I don't think Gupta would shy away from moving him this summer. Yeah. So, Dukes, um, on Gupta, Glenn is so cheap. Is, is he going to try and get, get away with not giving Gupta the Pobo title and just keep him in his current title and run the team until, like, they decide or until the team changes hands or until he, until he leaves? Because my one concern here is they've got something decent, certainly – roster-wise going now. And I, I think from a basketball operations standpoint, it's in far better shape than, than it has been for a long time. Um, he's not going to purposely screw this up, right? Well, I don't know if he purposely screws it up. Well, but I'm saying if you don't promote it, like, like you need to pick a pobo and pay Well, yeah, so my understanding, Judd, is unless Gupta's contract has been amended, which I guess is possible after the whole Rosas fiasco, mm-hmm. but... It was set to expire after this season. All right, so you would need to give him a new contract. I would think if you give him the new contract, you give him a new title. Like, I don't think he retains this vice president title. If he's the final decision maker, whatever that title is, if it's president of operations, great, whatever it is. But if he's the final decision maker, I'd imagine you give him a new title. You'd give him a multi-year deal. So then certainly Mark and Alex would have a say, right? Because the plan still is for them to take over as majority owners December of 2023. So if you're giving somebody a multi-year deal and in the middle of that multi-year deal, 
ownership changes hands, I would think those two guys would be involved, Mark and Alex. So, like, I think that's the way it would trend, that he would end up with a multi-year deal with some new title, and he would have final decision-making power. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other – any? I got some Viking stuff I want to throw at Dukes here. Any other final no, wolf stuff still. among the group? You know, little Vikings here? Okay. Little purple. All right, let me give you the little transition here. There it is. Reckless speculation. All right, so uh, so Ed Donatell, Vikings defensive coordinator, and then uh, Aaron Wilson had this, that uh, the Vikings are expected to hire former Broncos Pro Bowl offensive lineman, uh, assistant line coach Chris Cooper, uh, K-U-P-E-R, as the new offensive line coach under Kevin O'Connell. Um, he retired from the NFL in 2014. He's been uh, coaching with the Dolphins and is it the Dolphins and the Broncos, I guess, but yeah, most uh, so recently out of staff here, Denver. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what else can you tell? It's funny. Cause they, they can't officially announce Kevin O'Connell until next week. And yet, you know, and I'm sure he's involved in all these staff discussions, right? So he's prepping for a super bowl and he's helping to hire his staff. And I don't know, maybe he sleeps for like five minutes, but what else can you tell us about the current process of hiring out this new, uh, you know, regime of decision-makers, Dukes. Well, certainly one name to keep an eye on, I mentioned it on the latest Scoop podcast late last week, is is Wade Phillips's kid. Is the first name, Judd, is it Wes Phillips? I don't have it written down in front of me, but Not Wade Phillips' kid is passing game coordinator right now for the Rams, tight ends coach. Maybe somebody can Google that uh, to yeah. verify that but I have that right. Wes Phillips, he is the current pass game coordinator and tight ends coach for the Rams. All right, so my memory wow. isn't complete junk. So, Wes yeah, so Phillips. Wes Phillips, I mentioned him on the Scoop podcast on Rams Friday on or Thursday night whenever I recorded it as a name to watch for for offensive coordinator. The Ed Donatel deal is done. I know that that his agent has an attorney looking over terms of the contract. I imagine they officially announced Donatel next week, but he's the defensive coordinator. Andre Patterson off to the New York Giants. Andre wanted to stay, so I'm waiting to hear back from some people in the know on that one. Like, what transpired there? Because Andre's very popular inside TCO Performance Center. So I'd be curious to hear what exactly unfolded on that one. I know as of a few days ago, Kevin had not made contact with Keenan McCardle, but maybe that's changed in the last 48 hours. I just, I've been knee-deep in in the trade deadline, but I know Keenan is beloved by Justin Jefferson. To me, he's the face of the franchise. So whatever Jefferson wants, you grant that request. That's not an outlandish request to retain Keenan McCardle as wide receivers coach. Mockins is coming in right as, as the run game coordinator. He comes from the Broncos staff as well. So it's like Broncos East, right? With Donatel with, with the two offensive coaches, no Kubiak's though. Dukes. No Kubiaks, yeah. No Kubiaks. No Clint. He's back in Denver now. Now, does Donatel have have an offspring? Does he have a son that's that's a coach? Um, sure. Yeah, he might have grandkids. I mean, he's uh, he's, he's sixty-five. I don't think I don't think his kids are in coaching. I was when, he? I covered him. You know, I was going to say, did you cover him when he was the Packers defensive coordinator? Fourth and twenty-six, my good man, in Philadelphia. Fourth and twenty-six. All you have Freddie to do Mitchell. is get a stop. <laughs> Fred X. It cost Donatel his job. Fire like- days after. <laughs> Easy Ed, I, I would them. just like to thank my hands as yeah. one of the greatest press conferences ever. <laughs> Darren Sharper and Bowdu <laughs> blew the coverage, something awful, and Ed Donatel paid with his job. He's a disciple of of Fangio, right? Why not just hire Vic Fangio? I don't. What, oh, I don't know. If Fangio was interested in coming work? here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know his agent. I'll text his agent soon. He's still getting paid. I was told he didn't want to work for Harbaugh again. I'll tell you that much because a lot of people had floated really? that one. 
at Harbaugh if he had landed here that Fangio, a lot of people just speculated Fangio for defensive yeah. coordinator. I was told yeah. no on that. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good mm. stuff. Hey, Phil, play the sounder because I have something completely reckless for you. <laughs> reckless speculation. I have, I, I have seen this today. I have heard this before, and it's zero confirmation, okay? Hey, it's reckless but, speculation Thursday. Bring it up. Exactly right, right. And, and and we and we celebrate accordingly. And so I'm going to bring this to the table. Um, Andre Patterson's departure. One player who was incredibly close, who credited with Andre Patterson for developing him into the young man. I know where you're going with this. Today, I know happens to be a Pro Bowl left end for yes. your Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Hunter. A very important decision is made on a huge balloon payment in his contract in March. Um, I have heard rumblings that there is some fear. Daniil Hunter will not be very pleased with this move. The floor is yours, Darren. Wow. Yeah, well, Judd, you texted me just to check on the possibility out of Mobile last week that there was some buzz about Daniil Hunter possibly seeking a new team. I checked on that. It didn't go anywhere. But now that we have... A 3-4 defensive coordinator in place. And, heck, they ran hybrid defense at times last year. It's not like they were always in a 4-3. But if your base is a 3-4, how exactly does Daniil Hunter fit into that? Yeah, I think that's – I think it's something worth monitoring. I mean, we'll know. Boy. Heck, one month from now, by March 10th, we'll know the finality on that, right? I mean, they need to make a decision in early March on on Daniil. So, yeah, we'll know. Soon enough, but yeah, I think there's, I think there's something there, Judd. I do. What a tough spot for the Vikings now. I mean, because they have to either you basically have to extend him or trade him, much like Kirk, mm-hmm. right? Those are the those are your two highest paid players, probably your two best players when they're healthy in terms of like importance to the team. I think Jefferson's better at his position than Kirk, but in terms of importance to the team, it's your starting quarterback. Um, you're just selling low, aren't you? Like, I think if Daniil Hunter was in his prime at his peak, fully healthy, you could probably get maybe even multiple first round picks for him. What could you get in a trade for him at this point, just based on the last two years of injuries? I'm trying to think. Is I mean, there any? Comp? I don't think you're, you Judd, need a is there first any comp that comes to mind in the last few years? Not with the injuries. I that, mean, maybe you get a late first, had. Phil. You know, from some contender, somebody picking in the mid to late twenties. Mm, that seems aggressive, so, though. All right, so if if you guys, if, if someone would give you a late first-round pick or an early second-round pick or a mid-second-round pick. I would move him, yeah. Oh, Just because I'm ready, I'm ready to hit the reset button out. in many ways. But, if there's yeah. ever time to hit and the reset button, it's now. I you're right. I know, but he's but when I think reset, I'm thinking about the guys who are 30. You know, I'm thinking about Kendricks, I'm even Thielen, Harrison Smith. There's There's a list of guys that are pretty easy to – you might even be able to get some value in a trade for them. Hunter could, if Hunter's healthy, he can be part of your resurgence in 2023, 24. But if he doesn't want to play, if there's going to right. be contractual things every offseason, if he's, you know, if, if the injuries are going to be a thing, I don't know. Maybe I'm just clinging to three years ago. There's going to be changes here that I think are going to surprise us all fan base, media, everybody. And, and I mean, look, the thing is, when you, when you hit the detonate button on a franchise like, like the Wilfs did, there's always changes that, you, that shock you. And plus, in, in Daniil's case, I could see him saying, look, I loved Patterson. He's gone. I was a guy who, who was here with Zim. He's gone. Um, so 
I'm not going to be shocked at all if there's one or two players who, who the Vikings still like who basically say, I want out. I'm really not. I wouldn't be surprised either. Let me add one other Vikings note before maybe you potentially transition. I texted with somebody that's worked with Ryan Gregson now. Did they announce his title yesterday, Judd? I went yes. through an email. I got an email from Vikings PR, but I went through it really fast. Or are they waiting until May? Because I was told like front office stuff will be sifted out, you know, at least publicly in May after the draft. But did they announce his official title? Whatever it is, he's going to be Quasey's right-hand man, the former Colts general manager, Ryan Grigson. So here's a text from somebody who's worked with Ryan. He is fantastic. We'll add a lot to their personnel group with wisdom, experience, and evaluation. I'm also told from somebody who was close to Grigson that he has heard a lot of good things about Kevin O'Connell, rising star in this business from several senior executives. Okay. Senior football advisor is what they've given him for now. Okay, so that's the title for now. I was just told after the draft, May, that's when we'll you know see some public announcements. So is is he the going going to be basically the assistant GM, or is that hire to come as well? I think that hire is to come. And, and I also think, Dukes, that there will be some changes in the football ops department post draft. Mm-hmm. Like I think we will see people who have probably been with Rick for a long time, especially if Rick goes to Jacksonville, go to the Jaguars. And yeah, that's when contracts expire. So yes, they may not be household names, but yeah, I imagine, you know, going down the totem pole. Yeah. We'll, we'll see some guys whose contracts are not, are not renewed. No. All right. Give us some rapid fire scoops here to wrap dude. Had a great conversation this morning with Gable Steveson, his last Gophers home match tomorrow night. Storied career. I can make a case, gentlemen. I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, but I can make a case. Gable Steveson, the greatest male, heck, maybe greatest Gophers athlete ever, but greatest wow. Gophers male athlete ever, or at least in my lifetime. I am 42. Yeah, Paul, Paul I can't Gale, necessarily go back to Nagurski. You know, long, long, long time ago, but in my lifetime, going back 40-something years, I can make a case. This is also presuming that Gable wins another national championship in a few weeks, so multi-time national champion, the Olympic gold medal. I can make a case. Gable Steveson, the greatest modern-day, how about that, greatest modern-day Gophers athlete. Uh Uh-oh, that's Brock Lesnar's music. That's oh, we talked. Phil, here he comes. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll put the conversation on the next Scoop podcast. We <laughs> talked about Brock and his WWE future. Yeah, so any professional wrestling fans will, How about will enjoy that. David Mark Winfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you can make a case for a number. Yeah. Baseball drafted in football by mm-hmm. the Vikings. Did you see? Grand. Speaking of, so don't, don't yeah. underrate. I'm going to give you another one. He here. was this on the team on... that got into that brawl, right? He was um, the Ohio State brawl. Yeah, he laid out a guy pretty bad. Yeah. Guess, but it, it I'm gonna throw some. Close. I'm gonna throw some love to another one that you probably forgot about. But he is legitimately a rising star in WWE after being in development for like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. His in-ring name right now is Madcap Moss, Mike Rallis. He died Mike Rallis is getting legitimate run. On his brother Mon- on, is his brother still working for the Vikings? Nick is Nick still I'm not on? Totally sure. I don't. The Vikings so. coaching staff Madcap, quality control. Point? Madcap Moss is his wrestling. Wasn't he Riddick Moss for a while? 
Yeah, he was yes. Riddick Moss, and then they they changed him to like Riddick. the sort of like uh, like <laughs> like gambling <He> like nineteen twenties. <laughs> he's got like the suspenders with no shirt. He was an NFL analyst. He's a good for dude, though. Yeah. So yeah, if we're making a list, yeah, just because Mike is such a good dude, yeah, we'll put Mike somewhere on on that list. Maybe not number one or number two, but we can put him somewhere in the top fifteen or twenty, just because. He is such a good dude. How about also, so? Yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. We're gonna we're gonna have Gable Stevenson. We got uh, Mike Rallis. I mean, the, the the Gophers are pumping out some legitimate uh, sports entertainers. There's the also a years. former wrestler, first name Logan, was on their team in the last five six years. Logan. Who's a pretty good uh, UFC. Well, I don't know if he's with UFC, but uh, he's an Ultimate Fighter, and he's okay. pretty darn good. Declan, do you know what I'm talking about? I actually don't, and UFC is completely out of my. He's not wheelhouse. with US UFC. Oh, okay, ah, crap. Logan. Yeah, I think his last name begins with an S, which doesn't do a whole lot for anybody. I'm not but a fan of the uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, I also uh, spoke for a while yesterday with Boye Mafe yeah. after his great week last week in in Mobile. I'm not quite sure there was anything like super groundbreaking, but he's out in Thousand Oaks, California. One of his training partners. Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan oh, yeah. Wolverines pass rusher, who may end up going number one overall. So Boye and Aiden have become pretty good friends. They work out together on a daily basis. That's awesome. Wow. Reckless speculation Thursday. That was here, fun. Boys. Always a, a great national weekly reckless. holiday. It got really reckless. Phil, what do you think this new owner's <laughs> offer to the players, Major League Baseball-wise? It's coming, what, tomorrow or Saturday? Think so there's any I chance saw... of some progress? Uh, I haven't I haven't dove into the actual full detail. I did see that they've agreed on one thing: universal DH. Oh, good. So we've we've we got that we've, we've at least fixed one of the <laughs> one hundred fifty problems. So, but it's yeah, the Duke, marketing chip that everybody wanted. Dukes, here's what's ridiculous. Like, so they're they're going to spend the entire off season <laughs> haggling over the the complicated financial stuff, which is important, and there needs to be a bunch of changes to player contracts and arbitration. All that crap needs to be sorted out. But I mean. At some point, they also need to dive into making the game actually more appealing and fun and engaging to watch. And I don't know that they're making any progress on that stuff. Correct. Yeah. I've got one more. You, Let me see. You I will find me more. at CHS Give me a Field. I'm going to Saints yeah, I'll be there with Screw, screw ML. Me and Jed will be drink drinking Surly's. Although you won't be at, seeing, right? You won't CHS be seeing Field. Austin Martin. Right? He's on the 40-man. You won't be seeing Jose you know Miranda. He's on the 40-man. That's fine. You know why? Because I can watch Jake Cave till my heart's content. Dominate. <laughs> Yeah, that's Take right. That He's not in the forty man anymore. <laughs> Take that Columbus Clippers roaming uh, Saturday, March twenty sixth. Next big boxing event at the Armory in downtown Minneapolis. Showtime, not Fox. There'll be a Showtime production, not Fox. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. There he is. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams and uh, wrestlers. Darren Doogie Wilson. Good stuff, Dugs. All right, boys. Yeah, I was just scrolling through my phone. I don't think I left anything out. If I did, my bad. Okay, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it uh, next Throw week. Throw it in next week, next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, sounds All good. Right. All right, see and you that's guys. a wrap on Mackie and Judd, Bye-bye. too. We'll see you, see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.